Welcome to the build-up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Hello and welcome to the build-up here on Balls.ie in partnership with Labrooks where every week we look ahead to the biggest events of the sporting weekend. Now we are going to look ahead to the Premier League uh, with Kevin Doyle in just a couple of minutes. It's back this weekend after the international break. But what an international break it was for... Ireland and Stephen Kenny, Kevin, because uh, two wins out of two, uh, seven goals scored, none conceded. We were here last week just begging for a clean sheet and maybe a forward to score. And, you know, we got <laughs> we got uh, uh, five goals from one forward in the end. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was um, well-deserved as well, the two games. We, 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 created, we looked like we could score at every opportunity, which we haven't done in a long time. Like last night, I know, listen, it's Qatar, but still we struggled against them in the past. The same with Azerbaijan. I t- like Callum Robson could have had a hat-trick or more against Azerbaijan as well, and we got two. But you know, we, we created chances going forward, and we weren't we weren't as welded to the have to play it out from the back, take our time, build up slowly. We weren't as welded to that as we had been earlier on. We we mixed it up a little bit more. We moved the ball a lot quicker. We went through the lines a lot quicker. Um, whether that's a thing they've worked on or spoke about that they need to do things quicker or it just comes naturally with confidence. I don't know, but it just seemed to me to be a little bit more direct, um, a little bit more focused on getting the ball through to strikers quickly, doing things earlier, taking people on, creating chances. And as we spoke about, clean sheet, make two mm. clean sheets, makes it a lot easier when, when you don't concede, takes the pressure off the strikers. Um, and we scored some great goals. Really enjoyable. Enjoyable watching the games. I said to you just before we come on here, my eight-year-old son, first time I think he's seen us win. <laughs> game live and he's like are we, are we going to work up now <laughs> and, you know just a bit of positivity smile on faces and that winning those two games and like the other argument is listen they're the ones we expected them to be winning anyway they were the ones we said listen if you can win those games and, and build from there but winning those two games means it takes the pressure off other results so it means we don't have to beat a Portugal to save his job or different things like that it means he can work and build in those games these are the bread and butter ones that he wins and then he can do that bit of a building project, keeps us all, everyone on side, everyone happy. You see the wins, the games we should be winning and playing well and seeing a sort of, you know, we beat those teams in the past, but I don't know if we've played as well and looked as stylish beating those teams in the past. So, mm. Positive couple of games. Can I ask actually what that feels like in a camp? Because you've been in with lots of Ireland managers and it, look, I mean, it isn't always as linear as this, but it does feel like you have your, you have your up when everything is kind of positive and you're looking forward to the future and you've got the manager. And then you generally have a long enough decline where people will realise it at different points of it, but generally people are on the same page that we know this is coming to an end one way or another. Now, Stephen didn't really have that sharp increase at the start because things went so badly, but it feels like they're on that, that, that curve now at least. So when they're coming back in a month's time, like and like one, how does that feel going into the camp? Does it make a massive difference? And then secondly... That obviously, I would imagine, helps performance as well, just having that bit of confidence. Yeah, it, you can really just let a breath out and go, oh, means the yeah. next interview I do. Because literally every interview they've done for the last year is like, how you want to turn around, what you want to do, is the manager the right man for the job? All the players, you know, when are we going to score? How are we going to score? Strikers aren't scoring. There's no one playing in the Premier League, blah, 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 blah. And that's all they've heard, you know, in their head for every interview. And, um, you know, you just it just lets you go, we can come into the next squad now. You know, we bought ourselves... We've, they bought themselves, you know, probably saved the managers or def, sort of guaranteed the manager's job. Anyway, I don't know what there was going to be. I imagine a sit down at the end, but I imagine those two results now have made it. You know what? We can see a bit of progress. 
I'm talking about the CEOs and the people who make these decisions, they can see that it's a full house or as many as they could have with restrictions of COVID and all that. So all that and um, everything just means the players, the manager, they can, you know, just enjoy the next group, not feel under near as much pressure and hopefully see it and even, you know, better performances because of that. Um, but as I said, these two games, just give them that, give them that leeway to allow, you know, people accept you losing to Portugal, accept you maybe losing to Serbia if they can see your building, but they don't accept you losing or not beating the Luxembourg and the Qatars and the Azerbaijan, which we haven't done up to this point, but those two games now allow us a little bit, and the manager, the players, a bit of leeway to work yeah. on working on. And a lot of public support there as well. So I, th- and I think that that's reinforced, you know, th- that can only last so long if the results aren't coming. But, you know, you mentioned, um, like, you know, we are beating these teams. We weren't really beating them handily. We weren't dominating games. We weren't beating them 3-4-0, I think, back to uh, Gibraltar, uh, you know, in the last campaign under Mick, where we beat them 1-2-0. And, and the, even the 2-0 at home came in deep in injury time for the second goal. And, you know, we had this way about us that was like hard to beat, right? And we couldn't adjust that when we played the the smaller teams, right? But you mentioned earlier that Stephen yeah. maybe has adjusted his style or Ireland have adjusted their style one way or another um, to possibly a little bit more direct. Now, is a lot of this just us finally having an international manager or an international team or whatever it is that says, you know what, there's loads of ways to play football. Here's who we're playing today and let's go out and do it. Where it felt in the past, and this goes back to your day when this idea, whether it's true or not, that you threw out the game plan against France and just said, let's, you know, let's go for it. I keep telling you that's not true, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's always been the perception that Ireland are go, told to go out and play a slightly reductive game, which is grand because we had the players that were able to go and get results in France and get results in, you know, in, in, against really tough teams away from home and stay in, 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 um, the process in, in, in contention for qualification. But now it's like we have to try something new. But we also need Stephen Kenny to realise that that can't be just one way either. It needs to be fluid and we need to be able to play different styles and different yeah. games. Yeah, I think that's just modern football. I don't... Like, every one of those players playing last night was brought up, you know, not rigidly in a four-four-two and hit channels and get crosses in, you know, you know, hit the forward and get knocked down. Every one of those players has been brought up through a system whether, you know, a few of them come through the Ireland under 17s, you know, underage with Ireland, you go and see any of those camps now and watch how they're trained and how they're they're brought up and, all, and the programs they go through and the same at their club level in England or Ireland, they're all coming through a system of modern football. So it's second nature to them to play from the back, to want to play. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with being solid and defensively strong. We're, we, we won't be able to play like that. That was one of my arguments when we played England, you know, a year ago, whatever it was now that we were way too open and tried to play too much like England and it was easy for them, you know, and like some their games were going to have to be a, a little bit more solid, a little bit more defensive. And that doesn't mean, you know, when I said we went more direct last night, I don't mean going direct as in hitting long balls. I mean direct as in we looked forward quicker and earlier with a pass. Um we looked to penetrate better, whether that was Qatar poor player, as a poor player or, you know, adjusting a little bit. I'm sure we could talk about and talk about how much you analyze and how many videos they do. I'm sure they saw in the games in the last six months we were very slow building up. And when you have a team like us, um, when we don't have a Kevin De Bruyne, we have good players, technically good players, but you need to do things really quick. Um, you can't just rely on a superstar to open things up. And I thought we have done that in the last couple of games. We did things really quick, played really well. A number of players you could mention who played excellent. I thought actually, just like going off topic, but Jeff Hendrick is the best mm. in, in the last two games. Stephen has stuck with him and he really seems to, um, you know, I don't know, just the best I've seen him playing in Ireland jersey in a, in a long time. So... 
Great to see that. He's a great lad, Jeff. And um, great to see one of the more experienced players still being involved and playing and playing really well. So, But yeah, um, it's, again, the manager here in the job as well. Maybe he's, you know, a bit more experienced on it and a bit more realisation. I can't just play one way, a little, you know, and there's not a change of formation or anything. It's just, you know, it can be just a word. It doesn't even have to be a word on the, you know, working on the training pitch. Just listen, lads. Do things a little bit quicker. Goalkeeper, play it a little bit quicker. Be a little bit more. Look up. Find the front man a bit earlier or whatever it might be. Just a subtle few words can make a big difference and confidence. Speaking of Azerbaijan, you know, we were a little bit ropey at times in the first half against Azerbaijan. But as the game went on, we played better in that conference from that. Then came out last night and they can, you know, confidence. Winning breeds more confidence. Lets them relax a bit. Can enjoy it a bit more. And it just sort of steamrolls a bit. So hopefully, this is yeah. not getting too far ahead of ourselves. But just because of where we've come from, two wins, I know two friendlies against those two teams, it still means a lot um, to beat those and score some goals and um, enjoy enjoy watching the two games. Sit there and enjoy it. Um, and, you know, you're going on and I'm trying to get back to your question about in the past and where we played. Well, a lot of players in the past were brought up playing a different way at their club in a different way, um, style and when it came to international football, that style sort of, came out and followed on but these players don't have that style and don't have that mentality so it's you know they're just playing what they play at their clubs every week it's yeah you know it's about with Ireland them having the confidence to, to win a few games I was going to ask you about Hendrik you played with him he was obviously someone that we had so much uh you know hopes for and expectation he was so good in the Euros in 2016 yeah. and it just it feels like you know his club career kind of continued on, but his Ireland performances weren't there, and now his club career has really struggled in the last kind of eight year, eighteen months. And it was the same with Ireland. And this season, I think that performance has been coming last night, and he was he was that player. I think everybody, even his biggest critics, took note of how well he played last night. Do you think like is that a confidence thing? What like what what would be your kind of like uh, diagnosis of what of what's been going on with Jeff for the last couple of years? You know what, with Jeff, I've always talked about it. I thought he had so much potential, and I played with him. Um, and I played against him when he was at Derby, right? He played, he was excellent at Derby, and he made his name at Derby, and he played under Steve McLaren, who would be more like a Stephen Kenny in style of play. Um, and it suited him. And then he went to Burnley, and he's under Sean Dyche. Mm. And, you know, notice Burnley, good or under Sean Dyche, and he's excellent, but the ball does bypass midfielders a lot, and they're asked to do a different role. And he's, he's very fit. Uh, Jeff Hendrick, he's able to do that role, but I don't think it takes brings the best out of him. And then the same with Ireland, he's under Mick McCarthy or Martin O'Neill, and it's a different style of football. And I don't know if it suits Jeff to the best of his ability. Um, and then he joins Newcastle under Steve Bruce, and again, that you know, I don't know if this and I'm, maybe I'm making excuses for Jeff or whatever. I'm just trying to think of a reason why he hasn't fulfilled yeah. as much. And Steve Bruce's style of football would be more in in line with Mick McCarthy. Um, or uh, um, Sean Dyche and again he hasn't played under someone who was more where he played his best football was under sort of a more organised technical I suppose not organised sorry wrong but a more technical style of play maybe um, and they would have played 3-5-2 as well at Derby go a bit under Steve McLaren so maybe it's just bring the best out of him because he's playing under a manager that playing to his strengths a bit more yeah well so when Pep Guardiola takes over Newcastle, we'll see the best of Jeff Hendry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, listen, he's a good, technically good player, and he scores goals. And he did that as a youngster. Maybe lost his way a bit. Maybe I'm thinking too deeply into it or whatever. But um, he, he has played well in recent weeks. And he looks comfortable and confident and enjoying it. Yeah, exactly. And as you like, as you mentioned there, and I was saying, it, it it feels like it has been coming. He's been much better for Ireland this season, I suppose, is a, a way of looking at it when we've had all those, those five games. Um 
you'd look, not to like dwell on it too much now because we obviously will we'll move on and I mean it was as you said like a, a win against a weaker team and then a friendly win it's not the end of the world but it does bring positivity but when you do look at what the future holds right so wh- whatever happens in these last two games we have to go into a Nations League campaign and then a Euros campaign and it looks more and more likely that Stephen Kenny will be there you got Gavin Bazunu uh, playing all these games, obviously Kelleher last night. You've got Omar Baba Daly coming into the team. Obviously, Darrow Shea's had a few caps as well earlier in the campaign before he got injured. You look at the front three last night, and it's like Callum Robinson either side of Jamie McGrath and uh, Ogbené, who we wouldn't have really been thinking about too much at the start of the campaign. So on, so forth. It's all the way down. Jason Knight. It's all the way across the team, other guys who could come in. There's a lot more experience in there now when we start a new campaign. Everybody has a few caps. They're all used to playing with each other. You know, while we're still always looking for these guys to break through at club level, there's still, there's kind of no doubt at the moment that at least talent-wise, and in a weird way, it's almost like no more excuses for Stephen Kenny. When we go into the next campaign, we've got guys, young, a young positive team with a decent amount of international experience and kind of ready to go and take that next step. It, it, it's kind of, let's leave this one behind us, but yeah. we have to be positive about our chances going forward, don't we? Yeah, of course we do. Um, and I, you know, I, I spoke to you before, it took me 10 games, I'd say, 10 caps yeah. before I started to feel comfortable. And, and most of those players are now at that stage, getting the 10 caps or more. Listen, they had a tougher sort of first 10 caps than I did. You know, I was lucky to be able to win to an experienced team. But it does take that long to settle in and feel comfortable and know your surroundings and the staff you're with and um, the players you're with. So they've got that out of the way. They're finishing the group with a couple of positive results. I still listen. I, going into the next campaign, I, don't, I, I, would, I wouldn't be going, listen, we have to. I, I'd be more positive about our chance of qualifying. But as long as we performed well and we're you're in and thereabouts and giving ourselves a chance, yeah, good football. It still wouldn't be the end of the world. These players, we're still bringing true players. You watch our underage results now, under 17s, under 15s, under 19s. We're getting really good results against top international teams. So there's a there's a stream of players hopefully to come through to join into that. It might mean the next two or three years, but in four years' time, say. So I wouldn't be all about we have to. Stephen has to make, get these to qualify the next campaign. I would just like you'd like to see a progression again. You know, think of a long term plan. As long as we progress. You know, we've struggled this campaign, finish on a positive note, win the next campaign, be more competitive as we go through it, be in with a shout of qualifying, still with maybe three or four games to go, we mightn't qualify. But, you know, it's not all about he has to qualify in the next campaign. That would be my feeling anyway. Maybe other people say, oh, listen, we have to finish top two or three. Mm. I don't think that's realistic. Um, it'd be great if we did, and you never know. But I just think you want to see a bit of progression. Um, and go back to where listening to those players. How good was Quivian Kelleher last night? I've said to you, I'd have him ahead of Azuna as mm. Azuna's been. He's done nothing wrong. I just think Kelleher's just a little notch ahead again. His his calmness and comfortableness with the ball. Um, yeah, that's where he's a little bit ahead of Gavin Azuna. Both brilliant shop stoppers. Both a great choice. Both excellent to have those. Um, have those <laughs> two there for a goalkeeping spot. But I just thought even Kelleher just saw. Look, just looked like. To me, he looked like a superstar in waiting as a goalkeeper. He just looked like he's he's been there and done it. And um, you know, just uh, I just think he's he's going to be a star. Yeah. How amazing is it that they're coming through together? Like in some ways, you almost curse your rotten luck that you know <laughs> it's like well, well could work that away to ten more years. But uh, anyway, that's that's the way it is, and we're blessed. We're blessed to have the, the two of them, and hopefully their their development continues. I do want to move off Ireland, but I actually can't go past. I completely forgot that we have to talk a bit about Callum Robinson because yeah. this this has been coming for him. I think anyway, and it's just like 
but he does score in bursts. We've seen it with West Brom last season. It yeah. was in the two games in a row, and then he goes on droughts or whatever. But even just his level of performance on the team and his ability to be our main attacking player, I do feel like even when he came on against um, Serbia after he'd been out with the squad for the first couple of days, he, he changed the game that day, and he was playing a very different role out wide. He has that ability to be our focal point, doesn't he? And we're, we're waiting on Adam Eda and Connolly and uh, Troy Parrott and all these guys. But, you know, you know, the 26, you know. That first goal was so good as well. Um, yeah. Last night, the little link-up play, the little one-toucher and a uh, quick feet. I, did, I can't remember who it was linking up, the two lads linking up. And and then the finish, got a little bit of luck with like, me and that. It wasn't a massive deflection. It was still on target, a shot, and he's hat-trick. And he could have, could have scored a hat-trick or more against Azerbaijan. He looked, I know you said, he is. He seems to score two or three goals or nothing at club level um, in a game. But... Um, his link-up play, his all-around running, and he's, you know, if he doesn't score, he's still involved, still, you know, doing things on the pitch. It's amazing how we played last night, and you wouldn't categorize him as a, you know, a number nine or center forward, would you? I know he scored the goals and all, but he's all-around play. He's not just the guy you're going to hold it up and bring people into play, whatever. He's, he suits how they played last night. I don't know if he'd suit, you know, away from home against Portugal or something in that role. You might need someone who's going to play slightly differently, but he could play off them, um, no, it was just nice to three forwards last night, the way they linked up. Um, said going forward, and he scored three goals uh, last night, but he wasn't greedy. Do you know, he wasn't just... Mm, yeah. He was setting people up. He was link-up play was good. He was running channels. He was doing all the right things without just hanging in there and getting tap-ins and going, uh, this is whatever, it's just about scoring the goals. His all-around play was excellent. So I don't know him. I haven't played with Kat. I was never, I don't know if he was ever in the squad room, but he seems... He seems like a really nice, good guy, um, despite all the stick he got last week. Um, but, uh, yeah, just nice someone like that. We're looking for someone to score goals, and he produced when we really needed it. Yeah, absolutely. And look, long may I continue as well. Uh, you were to the fore in his defence last week as well. Uh, just, just uh, yeah. that, that everybody's on his side. I, I wouldn't jump on the bandwagon, make guys said. No, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, was, I don't. I still don't understand his decision. I don't think scoring goals changes that. But at the same time, he doesn't deserve to be uh, pilloried for it either. Uh, but we'll move on because the Premier League is back. This weekend, we leave Ireland behind us. Isn't it great that we're not so like? Remember, like after last international window, we're like, can we just forget about Ireland for? Yeah. A Let's talk about Manchester United or whatever. It's not as negative this time. But uh, speaking of Manchester United, I was looking at the table there a minute ago, Kevin, and they're two points off the lead and in fourth place. And I was laughing because it feels like they're in such a crisis. I know all the top teams have played each other, and United haven't. But uh, at the same time, they're away to Leicester this weekend. But we're going to concentrate on um, the Ladbrokes one-two-three games. Uh, this is from Saturday evening and from Sunday's games uh, there uh, this weekend. Um, if you you can play right now on Ladbrokes.com or on the app for free, you just pick the scores in the three games. If you get one scoreline correctly, you win a one euro free bet. If you get two, you get a five euro free bet. And if you get all three, you win a hundred euro cash. Kevin did really well on the uh, internationals last week. I think it might have been a. I think it might have been the five euro, uh, or maybe might have just missed out by a goal here or there. I mean, the the Scotland Israel was three two instead of two one. I think that yeah, was. Yeah, that was. That was the, I definitely got that one. Goals wrong. Got the results right. That's regular, isn't it? Or not? <laughs> there you go. The issue. Got to start on um, Saturday evening. London derby here. This is a really interesting one. Uh, Brentford versus Chelsea. Yeah, um, I'm going to go for a, a draw in it. I just think Chelsea. Listen, Premier League teams, they all have players away on in international duty, but I think Chelsea's a lot more. Um, yeah. 
everyone coming back in last minute. I just, you know, trying to get everyone back into the squad, back into the club mode, arriving back in, I suppose, maybe today or whatever. And you don't have long to, to sort it all out. They're lucky, I suppose, they don't have to travel. It's right next door. Um, that side to it. But I don't want to go. Brentford have just been really good, haven't they? And it's been yeah, great. Funny to see them, the way they've gone about it um, in the Premier League. So I'm going to go for a draw, a score draw, one apiece. Okay, so one all in that game continue Brentford's uh, arrival into the Premier League um, in, in style. The games on Sunday then, the uh, the David Unsworth derby, yeah. Everton versus West Ham. Two teams, you know, West Ham maybe aren't as, aren't firing all cylinders the way they did last year, but Everton also kind of two points off the lead. They're going well. They're hammered a filler, but everything else under Rafa has been really good so far. Um, they've had a few injuries. Uh, I don't really, I wouldn't know how to call this one myself. Actually, it's kind of a bit. Yeah, of... I'm sitting. Yeah, I'm the same as yeah. I'm going. I'm going the same scoreline as the one before. Just listen. It's hard. Very closely matched two teams. Managers. I suppose. Benitez probably has the has the one up on him there, but two good managers. Um, but I'm going to go for I'm going to go for a score draw, one apiece. Um, yeah, I just can't can't. Yeah. Could go either way. You could see West Ham going there and winning everything under Benitez. Look what he said. Apart from that result you mentioned, uh, but yeah, I'm just I, I can't separate and go for one apiece. That's perfect. Two two one all draws then going into what a coincidence that Sky Sports <laughs> and Super Sunday's main event is coming from St James's Park this weekend as uh, the David Ginola Derby, as we'll call it, between uh, uh, Newcastle and Tottenham. Um, I don't know what you make of all this Newcastle thing. It's uh, it's yeah. fascinating if nothing else. I would say, Kevin, it's mad. Just seeing the owners and uh, I can't think of the lady's name who. Who's- Part owner as well, and they're in the training. And, uh, yeah, in the, at the uh, at the training ground and around the training pitch and stuff like that. And then at the same time, you know, you know, Steve Bruce is getting sacked, and it's been openly spoke about that he's getting sacked. So is Steve Bruce there saying hello to him, knowing they're about to sack him? It's like it just it must be a weird feeling for the players, the staff, everyone. You know, what are the changes going to be? How much are they going to spend? Are they getting rid of me this week? Are they just you know? Uh, you know, if they're bringing all these players, I'm going to be total, you know, I'm, gone. I'm a goner. The manager knows he's a goner. So, um, as good as it is, I'm sure the place will be rocking. I'm sure the Spurs or the Newcastle fans will have a great atmosphere there. It was one of the noisiest places I ever played, St. James Park, when they scored a goal. It was fantastic. So, I'm sure that, you know, St. James Park won't have been as, as good an atmosphere as a long time as this game, but I'm still going to say Spurs are going to win. So, um, <laughs> go for a, uh, I'm going to go for uh, 2-1 away win to Spurs. Okay, 2-1 away win for one 2 3 I'll recap them in a minute, but just going back to the players in Newcastle, right? So, you know, right, you're, I don't know, in the Manchester City days, you're like, I don't know, not, not quite Richard, you're Sylvan Distan or someone at that club, you know, and you know that, right, they're coming in, they're going to buy 15 central defenders until they find the right one. They've got all the money in the world. But I still have to play for them for a while. Now, Newcastle are second bottom in the league, and they can't sign anyone until at least January. And it doesn't look like they're going to come in and just say, here's 500 million, you know, spend it however you want. Uh you know, uh, whoever the manager is, Pep Guardiola. Uh, it doesn't look like that. So they still have to not get relegated this season. But all these players kind of know, what are we doing here? You know, are we in the shop window? Are we play? You know, it, it must be really complicated. Like, in some ways, you go out and just play the game and you are where you are. But in other ways, it's like, you do need to buy into a club. You need to buy into a a, a culture and a, a purpose, I suppose, in some ways, to get the best out of yourselves. Yeah, it's... Really interesting. I don't know what way this is going to go. Um, 
I suppose the players will be thinking, some of the players will probably think, you know what, if I can play well at all in the next few months, you know, I'd get a fantastic new contract out of this crowd. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, there's all that side to it. Um, it's, it's like, they're probably, they are getting rid of Steve Bruce. I've heard nothing sense about it just in the first day it was, it was basically going who they're going to get in and who to get in it might be a fantastic manager but won't be used to relegation battles probably in the Premier League and how's that going to go and if they do get relegated how do they get back up while being in, within the financial fair play rules and the championship are quite strict now um, yeah there's just so many things are going to happen so um it's suppose listen you're saying they might spend a whole lot of money in January I'd say if they're sitting in the bottom two or three they'll be serious amounts of money yeah. on that I just thinking of West Ham all those years ago when the Icelandics took him over and like they were signing, they brought in Tevez, who has Tevez and Mascarano. Mascarano. Um, and the city got relegated, didn't they? The city got relegated? No, they beat Man United on the last day of the season and Sheffield United yeah. sued them. So, yeah. And there was uproar over it, wasn't there? Um, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, I'd imagine something like that happening. Um, two players. Signing a few players signing for them that shouldn't really be signing for Newcastle, um, but but doing a job. And if they can stay up this year, not the words the oyster, I'd imagine. But yeah, this year won't be easy. No, absolutely not. Um, just on Spurs, then briefly, Harry Kane was taken off last night while England were needing a goal, and it was the right decision. You know, he he is not himself at the moment. There's been a sense all year. It's like you know, it's Harry Kane. He's never actually had a bad season. He'll kick into gear at some point. He's just a little bit out of sorts. He had a weird summer after the Euros, you know. But ultimately, he's he's with Spurs this season now. It'll all kind of come together. He's been terrible. Like if it, I, I watched the, obviously the Villa match last week, and it was like you know. Uh, Son was the best player in the pitch and won that game for them on his own. Harry Kane's anonymous, you know, and he has been in every game, every Spurs game I've seen this season. It's yeah. a, isn't it? Very worrying for them after turning down all that money. Yeah, exactly. um, yeah. You know what? Like, I did Euros, I watched the final. They're talking about the reason is because he's not happy with not being let go on transfer. If you saw him play, and you did see him play in Euros, but the final in particular, he was absolutely useless for the whole game. They couldn't believe they left him on. If, if you're, if you, a spare 120 minutes, Mick. Go back and just watch him during the final of the Euros. He couldn't run, he couldn't sprint, he couldn't close down. He, to me, was the reason England didn't win the Euros. Watch it. They couldn't get out of their own half because he couldn't hold the ball up. He couldn't put pressure on the center, the Italian centre halves. Two of the oldest centre halves were brilliant, brilliant as they were. He gave them no hassle whatsoever. He never ran it behind. He didn't hold the ball up. He couldn't close them down. His legs were gone from the first minute of the game. If you watch back that game, but they left him on, I'd imagine, to take a penalty maybe when it was kept going. I mm. couldn't believe he was still on the pitch after 60 minutes, 70 minutes. And like watching it here, I wasn't doing the game. I was sitting at home watching it. And I was paying a bit more attention to the strikers. And no one mentioned it. No one said anything about him and how he wasn't bringing England up the pitch. They needed him to be the one to get them up the field. And they couldn't get out their own half after the first five minutes when they went 1-0 one, one, one up. But he, to me, was the reason England were so poor in that final. And um yeah, he just his whole Euros before that he took a while to get off the score sheet in the Euros and he was not insane, he wasn't the same player for whatever reason. And I wouldn't put it down to just this transfer not going through because before this transfer he he just looks lethargic or lacking energy or, or whatever, not sharp. Um, and and he did all through that Euros and over oh, that final he was really, really poor. So um big worry for Spurs. We said that we were sitting there, I'm sure we spoke about Mick said, Take the money, take yeah. hundred million. What are you doing? Not taking yeah. the money. And um you know, as good as Daniel Levy thought he was by keeping him, um, you know, there's 100 million down the drain plus another, 
uh, how many millions in wages if he doesn't kick back into gear? And he mightn't. You know, in, he's at an age now, 29, I think. Um, 27, I think maybe 28, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, he's put a lot of work in, whatever. Maybe it's consistent over seasons. Maybe he just needs a break. He didn't probably yeah. have much of a break after the Euros and the build-up to the Euros. A lot of stress on him over the last few years. A lot of games, a lot of goals. Don't want to write him off, but something needs to happen. He needs, you know, if you were his manager, you know, I'd tell him, I'd have given him a long summer break. I think he was back quite early. I know he mm. took an extra week, didn't he, of his own accord? <laughs> no, he didn't get much break. He got to the final of the Euros. He hasn't had much break. He's not injured in years. You know, he plays all the time. So maybe it's just physical exhaustion needs a long holiday. But he's not going to get it now, is he? He's going to see it out for the end of the season. But um, yeah, worrying, worrying for Spurs because he's the reason. He's the difference for them the last years. He's why they, they did reasonably well, got to a Champions League final. And, you know, the struggling without him absolutely yeah and look at being England captains obviously takes a mental toll I would imagine as well but uh yeah look it's 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 not looking good for him we'll see if he turns around this weekend Kevin's one two free picks by the way is uh Brentford won Chelsea won uh, Everton won West Ham won and uh Newcastle won Spurs two on Sunday so uh possibly with Harry Kane getting on the score sheet there so you can play yourself on labbrooks.com or on the labbrooks app now just uh log on click on one two three pick the scores in the three games if you get one right you get a one euro free bet if you get two you get a five euro free bet and if you get all three you win a hundred euro cash Kevin thanks a million we're we're signing off with positivity this week we'll be back fully talking about the club game next week yeah very happy to talk about uh, some positive Ireland that's been brilliant absolutely and clean sheets which you were most interested in yeah, boring from the centre forward, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, seven seven nil and Agbert over two games is boring. Thanks, <laughs> thanks a million, Kev. We'll chat to you. We'll chat to you next week, of course. Um, we'll chat to you next week as well. If you're having a bet on the football or anything else this weekend, please uh, always gamble responsibly and visit the Louis.net for more information. We'll be back with you with more build up really soon. We'll have Stephen Ferris actually this week looking ahead to um, this weekend's URC as well. So keep an eye on our channels before that. Talk to you soon.